The Blaze Radio Network. On demand. 2017 is going to be a volatile economic year. We may see politicians throughout the world attempting to control central bank policies. Several renowned financial analysts have warned that political interference in central bank policies may mean our economic misses of inflation and growth targets. Gold is an international currency that can't be issued or controlled by governments. If you don't have the only hard currency that has outlasted every politician and every failed idea of governments for centuries, you need to speak to Goldline right now and learn how easy it is to add gold to your portfolio or IRA. Now is the time to diversify your financial portfolio by adding gold. Call 1-800-913-GOLD. Buying real gold is easy and fast at Goldline. And you're going to be happy that you finally made the call. 1-800-913-4653. Goldline also offers price protection against short-term market fluctuations on qualifying purchases. So buy with confidence. Read Goldline's important risk information and find out if buying gold is right for you. Call Goldline. 1-800-913-4653. You're listening to Pure Opelka. This is Pure Opelka. With Mike Opelka. Only on the Blaze Radio Network. Hello, friends. I bring you good news from the woods of Delaware. Well, you know, some good news and some crazy news and some silly news and some really irritating news. Yes, there's irritating news out there. It's a Wednesday, and uh, we will try and get through all of the good stuff, all of the irritating stuff, all of the silly stuff, and some of it might even help you. I I firmly believe that. Some of what we are going to discuss today just might help you. It's uh, after 5 o'clock in in London right now, just after 5 o'clock, and... uh, I'm saying uh, congratulations to a young man who just finished a little bit ago an important match to continue his quest to get into a major tennis tournament. Of course, I'm talking about the young Riley Opelka. But he just wrote me as we were getting ready to go on the air. The theme music is playing, and the kid wrote and said, uh, I got lucky today, saved four match points, thought I was going home, but he played well in big moments. He did. And I'll leave it at that. So tomorrow morning, if you're up early... If you're up around 5 o'clock in the morning, you might be able to catch it. If you're a subscriber to the Tennis Channel, one of those TV channels that shows just tennis all day long. So good for you, Riley. And the rest of you who send notes of support and congratulations, thank you. My family thanks you. We're We're all in it for the kid. And to those of you who say, are you going to Paris? If I can make it, I will. Some people in this family are nervous about going over to Europe right now. And, you know, I can't blame them. I can't blame anybody, especially after we listened to the British Prime Minister this morning, Theresa May, who stood in front of uh, God and everybody and, and talked about w- what they had to do. It, it's a little more than nerve-wracking. It is now concluded on the basis of today's investigations that the threat level should be increased for the time being from severe to critical. Yeah, that's not good. That's not good when you have to take that step up. This means that their assessment is not only that an attack remains highly likely, but that a further attack may be imminent. Not good. The change in the threat level means that there will be additional resources and support made available to the police. 
additional resources and support made available to the police. But the work undertaken throughout the day has revealed that it is a possibility we cannot ignore that there is a wider group of individuals linked to this attack. And it sure feels that way as they picked up three more people today and the guy arrested yesterday was the 23-year-old man they believe was the brother of the jack wagon loser, evil loser, whose name I will not speak. And apparently, as we now know, he spent three weeks in Libya before arriving home just a couple of days ago. So he was only back in the States for a couple of days before he carried out his evil plan. And according to reports out of uh, England today, they believe that what they found in his home, they believe there might have been more than one bomb. And that's kind of why things have gotten ramped up a little bit and they've engaged armed forces. This means that armed police officers responsible for duties such as guarding key sites will be replaced by members of the armed forces, which will allow the police to significantly increase the number of armed officers on patrol in key locations. You know, I want to go overseas and see this tennis tournament, but I'm also a little nervous about it. Uh, Part of me wants to fly into London and then take the channel over to Paris, because that way I could get the the uh, bird's eye lowdown on what's happening in London. And I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be upset about it. I wouldn't be nervous about it. I really do think that your chances of getting hit by a, a terrorist, getting blown up by a terrorist, uh, pretty minuscule, actually. Even in terms of how many people were in that concert, it's still a tiny percentage. It's awful. It's terrible. It's horrible. But I don't want to change my life. I don't want to give up my life. Yet the UK police seem to think that uh, the threat's real enough that we have to we have to talk about it 24/7. Our priority, along with the police counter-terrorist network and our security partners, is to continue to establish whether he was acting alone or working as part of a wider network. So they're going to talk about it endlessly and forever and ever and ever, and I think it's making people very on edge. I think it's making people uh, a little bit nervous. If you listen to Glenn Beck today, if you heard Glenn, he was talking about what Bono said about it, and Bono was brilliant, and he was talking about what Brian May from Queen was saying about it. Katy Perry was talking about about the uh, terror threat as well. And Katy Perry, who, fine, you do a great job as a, as a, as a musician, but I don't think you really have a firm grasp on on what's going on, actually. I don't think you have a firm grasp on, on, well, reality. Shall we say that? Katy Perry was talking to my buddy Elvis Duran yesterday, and they were discussing the attacks, and she has a particularly artsy-fartsy approach to it. Check it out. The news from Manchester, from Ariana Grande's outside her concert last night. Uh, there, you go through these phases of you're, you're in shock, you're afraid, and then you're mad, and then you want to do something about it. And the first thing I thought of this morning was, I can't wait to go to a concert. I just want to prove to the world that we need to get together and have festive get-togethers, like your tour that you just announced. What are, what are your thoughts on that? Uh, you know, I can't really... Uh tell anyone else how they should feel but i just feel devastated yeah 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 and, and, and so you should we all should it's a sad thing yeah. uh people getting together for 
is what is supposed to be the elevating show and you know what they will continue and the thing of it is is like you know besides like all the weird stuff that goes around on the internet which is okay it's about to get really dumb right they were all saying some pretty pretty mindless things there but katie perry's about to say something really foolish you know, sometimes a great place, but an absolute, you know, underbelly mob pit of horribleness. Right. I think, like, the greatest thing that we can do now is just unite as people, as, like, fan bases, all of it, you know? Because I think, like, there, like as much, you know, whatever we say behind people's backs, because the Internet can be a little bit ruthless as far as fan bases go, but I think that the greatest thing we can do is just unite and love on each other and, like, no barriers, no borders. Like, it, it we're, we all need to just coexist. True. So, Katy Perry, first of all, takes apart the internet, calls it a, a slimy, what did she call it, mob pit? And says that it's a place where so much bad stuff happens and it's ruthless and people are terrible to each other, right? She said all of that and yet she has net. She's got Katy Perry online accounts where she can talk to her friends. So she's, she's calling the thing which she's cashing in on horrible and then she decides the only reaction to what happened is we need to unite and love on each other. And like, no barriers, man, no borders. Like, we all just need to coexist. You know what I'm saying, man? No barriers, no borders. Wasn't she out there with Hillary Clinton singing? Yeah, I think so. And the woman who says no barriers, no borders at her Hollywood home has a fence and a gate that, uh, frankly, I would settle for that fence and that gate along our southern borders. And I'm guessing she probably walks around without security. And uh, even if she would have security, even if she would have somebody keeping an eye on her, they probably wouldn't be carrying uh, a gun or anything, right? Katy Perry just probably walks around with a couple of pals so we can all, you know, just unite and love on each other. And like no barriers, no borders, just coexist, man. I'm so sick of this. I'm so sick of, the, of the, the duplicitousness. I'm so sick of the hypocrisy of, of the folks on the left. At least the clip from, from Bono made sense. At least the clip from Bono, you could understand, wow, that's, that's good stuff. But no, this is, this is once again the, the uber-liberal saying, we have to accept each other. We have to just accept. Well, that's great, and that works on paper. But first of all, the Muslims aren't going to just accept. The Muslims aren't going to uh, let it happen. Let me, let me, you know, she probably has on her Twitter account, pray for Manchester, right? The hashtag pray for Manchester. Well, let's go back to January 7th of 2015, when we all were saying pray for Paris. Remember Charlie Hebdo? 
And then let's go to November 13th of 2015 at the Bataclan when we said pray for Paris yet again. And then let's go to San Bernardino where the office party was torn up on December 2nd. And we then said pray for San Bernardino in a hashtag. And then we had the March 22nd of 2016 pray for Brussels, followed by the horrific massacre at the dance club in Orlando on June 12th of last year. And we had hashtag pray for Orlando. Then July 14th, as the truck bore down on the people in Nice and and killed people who were just innocently living their lives. And we had the hashtag pray for Nice. And then we had hashtag pray for Germany and pray for Würzburg in July, pray for Munich in July, pray for Ansbach in July, pray for Rutland in, in July, pray for France again in July. And then back home in November of this year, pray for Ohio as the nut job on Ohio state was there. And again, back in Germany, December 19th, pray for Berlin. Once again, January 1st of this year, pray for Istanbul. March 22nd, just, just recently, pray for London as the bridge guy was driving across the bridge, taking lives. April 3rd, we were praying for St. Petersburg. April 7th, we had prayers for Stockholm. April 11th, we had prayers for Dortmund. April 20th, we were again praying for Paris and then This past week, we're praying for Manchester. What do all of these have in common? A group of people who will not give us any inch of tolerance in our lives. This all has Muslim in common. This all has Islamic radical terrorism in common, Katy Perry, Brian May. Idiots. Get out of your ivory towers. Get out of your walled-in estates. And get out in the real world, and then you should be allowed to speak. Unless and until then, zip it and help us move forward. I'll be right back. You're listening to Pure Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. Are you worried about your mom or dad living alone in their house? Hi, I'm Joan London. Listen, I know how difficult it is to find senior care for someone you love. That's why I recommend a free service called A Place for Mom. They are the nation's largest senior living referral service. Call A Place for Mom today. To receive free information on senior living communities in your area, call A Place for Mom at 1-800-803-6951. You're listening to Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. Welcome back to Pure Opelka. Wow, I already got wound up beyond the number 10 on the meter there. I I just, I'm so sick of the hypocrisy and so sick of of Katy Perry and, and the Hollywood types becoming Miss Sacrosanct and telling us all how they have the solutions. And if we would just love each other... Oh, pardon me, you want to cut my head off? Oh, I'm sorry. If we just love each other. Stop it. You, they don't understand it. There's, there's a lot more to cover today, and we'll get into some of the silly stuff. Uh, there is good news. 
And I, I think um, I think it's important that uh, we bring you some good news, some light news, some fun news. Uh, this broke early this morning. It came out of Australia where Tom Cruise is doing a tour promoting something else. Uh, I think he's got a new Mummy movie coming out. And uh, at the end of the interview, something happened that is making a lot of people stand up and cheer. Um, before we let you go, rumors of a Top Gun 2, please say it's true. It's true. <gasps> really? Yeah, it's true. Really? Yes. <gasps> really? Yes. When? Tom? It's true. When? It's true. Are you allowed to say when? First of all, if I need to translate, these are excited Australians hearing that it's true, it's true, because that's all Tom Cruise keeps saying. It's true. It's true. It's true. And he's got those giant choppers, and he's smiling, and he's letting us know that it only took 31 years since Top Gun came out. 31 years ago, last week, Top Gun hit theaters. 31 years. They're finally making the sequel, Top Gun 2. Give us a hint. You know what? We're, I'm going to start filming it um, probably in the next year. Wow. I know. Oh, my God. Wow. I know. It's happening. You have just made my day. It is definitely yeah. happening. That is you have just made my day and a dingo ate my baby at the same time. Tom Cruise, Top Gun 2. He just said they're probably going to start filming next year, which means that's 2018. And you have to add another year of production, et cetera, 2019. It's probably going to be 2020. And I'm wondering what, what's the plot? Who are the villains? What kind of stuff is going to happen here? Maybe he'll give us a little bit of a hint. Pa, unless you want to sing to her. <laughs> uh, when you walk. Well, if, don't pressure the man. <laughs> Tommy, you want to. <laughs> that is seriously so exciting. Do you know how many uh, people are so happy to hear I know, that? I haven't. I, you're the first people I've, that I've said. Yes. said well, thank this, you this for is, that. I'm here, you asked me, and so I'm telling you, wow. it, is, it is going to happen. We're I went to boarding happen. school and we watched the <laughs> volleyball scene literally every day. So thank you. <laughs> The morning shows in Australia are just as idiotic as the morning shows here, aren't they? It's just uh, the the bubbly girl, the avuncular type guy uh, with almost no hair, and uh, idle blah, 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 blah chatter. Although she did say, I went to boarding school and we watched the volleyball scene. I have made mention of this fact that uh, Tom Cruise is bringing back Top Gun 2 and, uh, or bringing back Top Gun in a sequel. And then we've, the guys have started saying, what's it going to be? You know, uh, what kind of thing? Because it, will it be drone warfare? If you think ahead to where warfare is going, it's going to be a lot of robotic warfare. It's not necessarily going to be the same kind of uh, plain dogfight warfare that we had in the original 31 years ago. <laughs> I'm just wondering. And when you mention it to women, they all go, great, I hope they bring back the, the beach volleyball scene. So the guys are looking for the fighting, the dogfights. And most of the women, and yes, I'm, I'm generalizing here, most of the women are looking for the beach volleyball scene or the motorcycle scene with Kelly McGillis and, and Cruz riding off into the sunset. But I don't think Val Kilmer and Tom Cruise and Anthony Edwards and, and maybe Kelly McGillis are all going to be in the same kind of roles. Maybe Cruise is the 
the aging pilot who teaches everybody how to, how to do those wonderful tricks. We'll see. But good news if you're a film fan. Uh, it only took him 31 years to get a green light to do Top Gun 2. Just amazing. Uh, since it's Wednesday, it's Wellness Wednesday. And because it's Wellness Wednesday, Dr. Jorge is going to join us. I've asked him to look into a couple things. He wanted to talk about the Ebola virus. We're seeing another outbreak of the Ebola virus, and they're calling it an epidemic in Africa, and they're worried about that. Uh, and I also asked him about a story that it keeps popping up every couple of years. Can you actually get bitten by a bug and be turned into a vegetarian? And what about these hangover IV treatments? Jeffy asked me to ask that one. We'll ask Dr. Jorge next on Puro Pelka. You're listening to Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. You're listening to Pure Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. It is the Blaze Radio Network, and it is a Wednesday. And one of the great things about uh, the people that let me have this show said, build some diversity into it. Build, build some segments, not just about news and screaming about politics. And one of my favorite subjects is, is talking common sense and health. And so we started doing Wellness Wednesday segments with Dr. Jorge a few weeks ago, and you guys love it. I get great email and great response from this listening audience when Dr. Jorge's on because he talks about stuff that we need to know about in our health, and he does it in ways we can understand. His name is Dr. Jorge Rodriguez. He is a doctor. He is a board-certified guy, internal medicine guy, but he's also an author. Great book about diabetes, the diabetes solution with common sense to avoid it and to keep it at bay if you're fighting it off. And he gives us time every Wednesday to talk about health issues that are important to him and also entertain some of my ridiculous questions. So uh, welcome back, Dr. Jorge. How are you? Oh, I'm, I'm well. I'm well, uh, Mike. How are you doing? Listen, I, I would be remiss, and I know we're not going to talk politics, if I didn't send out my condolences um, to the people of Manchester in the United Kingdom. That's not um, politics, you know, they, they, sir. That's not politics. That's, that's being a human. Humanity. Absolutely. Yeah. And, you know, doctors, my main goal is to save lives and improve um, people's quality of lives. That's what, that's what my oath is when I graduated from med school. So to me, this is all part and parcel of, uh, of a better world, getting involved in stuff like that. So, uh, again, my condolences, and I've heard a little bit of what you have to say. It's a very complicated problem. Um, but one thing, I mean, uh, again, I'm, I know we're, we're, um, digressing, but I, I went to London last year. Um, it was part of a, of a present and it was the week right after Brussels, you know, when they had that horrible attack in Brussels and, yep. um, my partner, Kevin, 
you know, I, I was really going like, you know what, I don't want to go, you know, blah, blah, blah. And he said, if you don't go, they win. You know? He's right. We have to Kevin's absolutely right. Have, of course he's right. We, we have to be vigilant, but we have to live our lives, you know, with vigilance and not fear. So that being said, those are my two cents. Take them or leave them. So, no, to- uh, totally take them. Look, uh, yeah. y- you you probably would not believe it, and her jaw would drop if she listened yesterday. But I gave whoop props because uh, she we were discussing, or the view was discussing whether or not the president was all right in calling the bombers losers, evil losers, and she sa- she said in her typical whoopian way, uh, yeah. you, you it's an argument you can't win. You know, half the people yeah. are going to say you're right in saying it. Half the people are going to say you're wrong. And that's that's the yeah. reality here. That's where we are. But, uh, yeah. you know, you know the, I, you, you, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, you know what? I mean, listen, Whoopi's politics are different from many of the people that, that listen. But one thing I always admire about her is that she definitely sits down and listens, you know, to all sides. You know, uh, I have had dinner with her and some of the most right-wing Republican people at her home, just small dinners. And because you know what? You never know who you're going to learn from. You never know who may evolve your opinion, you know, into something else. And, and that's what we need more of the, in this world. We need to listen, you know, to each other. We really do. Anyway, I think she's, blah, blah. you know, not to talk about her when she's not here, but Whoopi is more libertarian than progressive in my, in my estimation. And, and yes, in my estimation, and you know, I think I am too. You've told me that a million times. <laughs> yeah, you're you're this yeah. close to coming into the libertarian tent. We're going to get you to stick your nose under and look in a little bit further. <laughs> um, let's let's anyway. talk some health stuff because we we have some health yeah. stuff here. Uh, should we be worried about uh, another Ebola outbreak popping up in Africa? Oh man, uh, I say again, that yes, we need to be aware. And you know, it's interesting, after the whole Ebola thing a couple of years ago, uh, I got a lot of, not a lot, but I got some negative pushback from people saying, you were just out there, you know, you were trying to create fear, blah, 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 blah. I wasn't trying to create fear. None of us were. What happened in Africa and what's almost happening in the United States could have exploded in this direction in a second. I think part of what caused it not to was the fact that people like you and I and other people were talking about it. And in our own way, we were putting pressure on certain agencies to act a lot more quickly, you know, and to, you know, and to be more aware. Any viral illness, any viral epidemic can go from zero to 60 in no time flat. So do we need to be scared of it? We need to be very respectful of it, and we need to keep an eye on it. And I know that the CDC is and the World Health Organization. And what determines, you know, how quickly something like this happens is, you know, how many infections happen per day, whether it's being contained, whether it is spreading to other areas. So viruses tend to hibernate, and they tend to go quiet uh, for a while. And who knows what brings them up? Is it the heat? Is it the change in climate? You know, is it the fact that in a reservoir of nature where they were living, there was some construction and they had to spread? Did they invade, 
you know, uh, a, a pig that somebody ate and then it spread. So there are a lot of different factors. But don't think that because we don't see any Ebola cases that it is gone. It isn't. Uh, look at measles. We thought it was eradicated. It's back with a vengeance. So viruses are some of the trickiest little creatures, you know, known to man. And I know that you are a total virophobe, you know, and, and, uh, and it, you know, and there's reason for it. There's reason for it. So the fact that there's more out there, people are taking, you know, looking at it, making sure that it isn't spreading. Uh, luckily, there has been there have been advances toward vaccinations for it, you know, and toward treatments. So, you know, we, we know of these things. Unfortunately, if, if an Ebola outbreak starts in a very poor third world country, you know, then there's a much more uh, likelihood of it spreading. And yeah, that's, not to get the pollen. Yeah. It, without the communication abilities that we have in this country with the limitations on infrastructure, it is more likely that, that this kind of opportunistic virus will jump from village to village before the word can get out. So in yeah, some ways, and then put, right, to a train yeah, and jumps on a plane and, and is here. Yeah, yeah, exactly. The well, only thing is that if it jumps on a, on a certain airline, you know, maybe they'll drag it out against its that's will. That's a good point, yes. <laughs> <laughs> it misbehaves and gets thrown out of its seat and left in the, <laughs> left in the terminal. <laughs> and we, we joke about it, you know, but again, my mind as a, as a physician, as it relates to politics, all right, we are not isolated. We may want to isolate or separate ourselves philosophically, you know, from different cultures, religions. I'm not here to say whether I think that's right or wrong. But medically, all right, this is one big world. And oh, yeah, the, the one, airplanes, yeah, you know, the airplanes have changed everything in terms of everything. transportability of disease. So it's not only wealth that gets across the oceans, it's. It's the bad stuff, too, but we, yeah. we, Listen, we just have to be and smart. It's not just, yeah, and it's not just planes. Listen, Columbus, you know, and his guys, when they came to the New World, they brought bacteria and infections that the Native Americans never had been exposed to, so they had no immunity against it, Yeah, you know, and, yeah, and thousands of people were killed. So it's it just sort of the way things happen. So now, we need to be aware. Yeah. I have two. I have two other hot topics I want to get to, so I— I probably have like two to three minutes here to get to. Okay, um, I'll, I'll shut up. Is there, is there really a tick that can make you into a vegetarian? There is. You know, there is. And it is called the Lone Star Tick and named after the Lone Star State, uh, which is known for its love of beef. So that's kind of irony and, you know, that is. medical humor. <laughs> Listen, I stood in line five hours to get barbecue in Austin, but that's a totally different story. Um <laughs> This tick seems to have a protein, all right, called alpha-gal, G-A-L. And this protein is, is found in, in meat products. What happens is that if you get, in, you get infected by this tick, your body views this protein now as something foreign, and it makes antibodies against this protein. And since this protein is found in beef, the next time or sometime later when your body now has antibodies against um, this protein, you eat beef, it is going to make you sick. I mean, really sick, not just a little vomity sick, but supposedly fever, chills, body aches. So wow. even though it doesn't make you, quote unquote, a vegetarian, it makes you not want to eat any beef whatsoever because you get really sick. Now, is it something that's going to wear off? 
you know, with time, we don't know. But it is this tick, it's a deer tick. It's found primarily, obviously, in Texas, the southeastern United States, you know, a little bit up in the pines of New England, uh, a lot where Lyme's disease is found. So, yes, when when you mentioned it to me, I thought I'd never heard of that. But, yes, it's a fact. Wow. Okay. Well, thank you for that latest terror to be worried about now and lose my my beef. Uh, Quickly on this one, a friend of mine just got back from Vegas, and he enjoys partying a little too much. But he told me this IV hangover cure that they will actually bring a doctor or a nurse to your hotel room and give you an IV that'll cure a hangover. What? It is true. And how did, did you know that I was in Vegas last weekend for a birthday? Um, but <laughs> here's the thing. There, there are, in many areas of the country, mobile, uh, like, hangover um, vans. The majority of the discomfort that people feel from a hangover, all right, is dehydration. And getting an IV, you know, will definitely, will definitely help that somewhat. And from what I hear, in Vegas, you can order almost anything into your room, so I wouldn't be surprised if you could get IVs. And I'm sure that it is completely legal as long as it is done by a nurse or a nurse practitioner. Well, he said so, it was yes. it was great, and it was a nurse practitioner, and it cured his hangover. I, I told him, I said, hey, the way to avoid the hangover uh, or not to have to get the cure is to avoid the hangover by not drinking like a college student all weekend exactly. long. But that's it. Dr. Jorge, I I appreciate you so much giving us this information and also your perspective, because we are in sync. uh, And Manchester is not about anything other than being human. And we all have to agree on that. So we'll we'll die. We'll keep chipping away at the politics. And eventually we'll just we'll just go nine rounds on this one day. Sounds fantastic. (laughs) Thank you, my friend. Have a great rest of your day. You too, and to all your listeners, all right? Thank you. Bye. Thank you, sir. Dr. Jorge, you can find him at drjorge.com. You should follow him on Twitter as well, and you should take a break, and we'll be right back. Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. Welcome back. Wrapping up the first hour. I need to ask my friends in Dallas, what the heck's with the severe wind? I just got a picture sent from uh, a friend in Denton, Texas, a little farther north of Dallas. Not that far. Says some serious wind throwing planes all over the place. So uh, I'm due down in Dallas and just just a couple of weeks so i you know let's clean it up let's get the weather straightened up before i get there a fifth person has been arrested in uh, manchester a fifth person has been grabbed by the police looking into whatever happened with this bombing and hopefully trying to find out if there is another another bombing or another attack in the works they're trying obviously to prevent it Uh, The president's been very busy with the meetings with the Pope. The first lady has been doing what first ladies do when when the president's on a tour, making appearances in different sections while her husband is doing his job. And some of this has 
has been beneficial. While the president languished in the high 30s, low 40s in terms of his approval rating, uh, it seems to have spiked. The latest numbers show that the president may be up to 48% approval rating, which is significant when you consider all of the noise being made on, on liberal media and by Democrats about how they need to throw the president out of the White House. You hear all of the reporting on the investigations into Donald Trump and the Russians and collusion and all this stuff, and yet you see a pretty substantial spike in the ratings of the president as he is in the middle of this very long world tour. So maybe the president has a pretty good idea of what's going on. Despite all of the attempts to show Melania doesn't want to hold his hand coming off the plane or walking on the red carpet. You know what? The people aren't falling for some of the Bravo Sierra. And we also have to call out some fake news on the Associated Press. The AP wrote a story recently and they're talking about the bomber who is the, and they, as they wrote, a 22-year-old British citizen born to Libyan parents who grew up around Manchester died in the attack. Um, I believe the correct expression is blowed his terrorist ass up. He didn't die in the attack. He was the attacker. He was a suicide bomber. Come on, AP. Come on. When we get back, uh, we will get some interesting perspective on the Vatican visit from somebody who worked at the Vatican. Emily Zanotti from Heat Street joins us next on Puro Pelka. Opelka. With Michael Pelka on the Blaze Radio Network. This is Pure Opelka. With Michael Pelka. Only on the Blaze Radio Network. Oh man, oh man, oh man, do I love my job. I am in the uh, most interesting job in the world. Thank God I'm here and I appreciate it every single day. I thank you guys. For being out there. I call you the smartest audience anywhere. And today I think I heard Glenn Beck referring to you guys, his audience, as the smartest audience. I think we need to have like a college bowl Jeopardy type tournament between some of this audience and some of Glenn's audience. Because I know you guys would win. You would kick his ass. Uh, his audience's ass, not his ass. I can't talk about kicking the boss's ass. That, that would just be wrong and get me fired. Uh, we're talking about many things today, keeping an eye on the latest out of D.C. As uh, Donald Trump's approval rating doesn't seem to care about all of the investigating and uh, ruminating and infuriating things happening that, that make Maxine Waters crazy. But instead, uh, diplomacy seems to be doing good things for Donald Trump and his approval ratings as the Saudi trip went well. The meeting with the Israelis and the Palestinians appeared, appears to have gone well. And then the meeting with the Pope, stopping at the Vatican. And, you know, as a, as a practicing Catholic and a guy who's, who's gotten his get-out-of-hell-free card for attending Midnight Mass at the Vatican and uh, witnessing a consistory a few years ago, 
I, I thought I had pretty good street cred when it came to my Catholicism, but I've just been outdone. I just got a mic drop moment in, in Catholicness from Heat Street's Emily Zanotti. And I had no idea until today that Emily Zanotti, our buddy, regular guest on this show, had actually worked at the Vatican. And mm-hmm. so I said, we have to talk. We have to talk about the <laughs> Vatican. And so joining us today from Heat Street, heatst.com, the one and only Vatican-approved Emily Zanotti. How are you, my friend? I'm well, thank you. How are you? You know, I get a lot of heat for, uh, pardon me, I get a lot of heat for for referring to you as uh, as the Vatican-approved and doing goofy things and stuff like that. <laughs> but But see, I don't think there's any disrespect in in how we speak to each other i don't think there's any any uh i guess nastiness in it i i think we're just trying to hip up the hip up the faith a little yeah you're not offended by that are you not at all well what was this first of all when and and what did you do at the vatican so i worked there a couple of years ago um doing a couple things i work with a group here in chicago that had a branch over in the vatican and they were working to get um they were working to get canon law recognition for their group and so i worked on that um i have canon law experience from going to ave maria and so i did a lot of research and things like that over there. And I also got the chance to work in the um, Vatican's musical uh, music archives and see the Vatican's music archives, which was a really cool thing. I was only there for a little while, but uh, it was a really great experience. Still, even if you were Vatican temp, you still had Vatican mm-hmm. experience. And, and that's great. <laughs> yes. Great stuff. I've seen, now, the Vatican... of, I've seen a lot of the backstage. <laughs> Let's put it that well, the, way. <laughs> the Vatican music archives must be massive. Yeah, they're they're huge. And uh, when I was there, they were working on restoring them and reorganizing them. And we got to see some of the works from the 14th and 15th century, some of these beautiful books that monks had put together um, just sort of laying there. I mean, they were things that you would see as museum pieces, but the Vatican just has them by the oodles, really. <laughs> oodles. Yeah, stop with the technical terms. Oodles. <laughs> oodles. Wow. What a, what a, um, so you lived in Vatican City? Did you live in the country of the Vatican? I lived in Rome. Okay. Not a tough thing to have to deal with. No, Is it's it? really not. Um, it's really... It was very difficult, let me put it this way, to have wonderful food and great wine and beautiful places to go every day. <laughs> <laughs> I was dying I was dying to see the Vatican Gardens, but we were only there for like two days. And I kept leaning on Beck because he was there for meetings. And I kept saying, can ask him, ask him if we can see the gardens. Can we get the inside tour of the gardens? <laughs> he goes, no, we're not doing that. But uh, I've never seen the gardens. I actually haven't seen the whole museum either. I wasn't there long enough to see this huge, um, sprawling museum either. Well, see, I think he got in there. He talked about some some side door that they went through that took them mm-hmm. to a tower, and they went up in the tower, and they were told they had to be there at a certain point where the light would come in through the windows and create this magical oh, wow. pattern on the floor. And I said, you're reading Dan Brown books again, aren't you? <laughs> said, no, no, this apparently really happened. But 
today there was there was a sort of a little uh, dust up on the internet about Vatican protocol with with veils mm-hmm. being worn. What the heck happened? So there was a dust up because Melania Trump and Ivanka Trump both wore black chapel veils to meet the Pope, and they both wore black dresses with um, wrist length sleeves. And people were like, oh, my gosh, why would they cover their heads? Why? They've just come from a, a Saudi Arabia where they refuse to cover their heads. And now they're coming to the Vatican and they're putting headscarves on. Um, and, of course, it's actually a requirement. And this isn't always obeyed by every world leader. So there are certainly pictures of world leaders meeting the Pope without the headscarf. But um, we do, out of respect for the office, don a black mantilla and a black dress if you are having an official audience with the Pope. So nothing other than pure respect from the Americans to the customs of the Vatican. Yeah, and it's, it's actually an ancient Vatican protocol. It's not something that really, if you go into our texts, you're going to find a requirement that you have to wear this black mantilla. But it's, it's out of respect for the office of the Pope and the fact that you're visiting the, the most holy site in Catholicism. Hmm. Well, that's, you know, it's very good to know. So when you did you ever have an audience with the Pope when you were there? I have not had an audience with the Pope. I have seen him at his Wednesday audience with the general public, but I have never been one on one. Yeah, we didn't get uh, we were we were like on the aisle at midnight mass and he came by and gave (laughs) us a little little blessing. And we saw the Christmas Day message from uh, from St. Peter's Square. But uh, Mm -hmm. I never got never got the small group or the audience with. But I still think we got to get out of hell free card just for being there at midnight mass. You know, that's got to count (laughs) for something. Especially now, braving those crowds that are there. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> well, it, you're so right. And and I, I think I've told this story maybe once before on this radio show that um, Mr. Beck and I were in our unsupervised era in 1989. And we might have had some of that really good Italian food and a whole lot of that really good Italian wine. <laughs> and it was Christmas Eve. And I looked at Glenn and said, you know, it'd be really cool if we could get into Midnight Mass tonight. And, you know, an hour later, we're standing begging for tickets because it mm-hmm. it's like a giant ski lift line that winds back and forth yeah. in front of the Vatican. And we did eventually get in and there's photographic evidence. I do have <laughs> I, I have proof of this, but it's a long story. But uh, yeah, thank you for clearing that up. Can I ask you a couple of questions about stuff you've just posted recently? On on Heat Street. Um, What the heck is wrong with Nancy Pelosi? (laughs) Nancy Pelosi is is a totally qualified expert in national security, such an expert that she actually confused the National Security Administration with the National Rifle Association yesterday when she was at a panel. (laughs) Now, I'm a member of the National Rifle Association, and I don't have a problem differentiating the NRA with the NSA. How could she make such right. a mistake? Apparently, she just sort of went off the... She just, for lack of a better term, had a brain fart. <laughs> um, and she had just gotten done saying how much of an expert she was on, on national security and how qualified she was to make an assessment of Mike Flynn, 
the NSA director, National Security Council director, who was then let go by the Trump administration, and then proceeded to accidentally acknowledge that citizens who exercise their Second Amendment rights are part of our national security program. <laughs> I, I just love this. I tell people, if you're going to take Botox in such great amounts <laughs> over a prolonged period of time, it will eventually leak into your brain and start freezing parts of it. And right. Nancy Pelosi is, I, I believe, is a perfect example of this. I, I think she's absolutely an example. And one of my other favorite topics that you follow and I follow, how many times can Chelsea Clinton get it wrong? I love writing about Chelsea Clinton. I feel like it's <laughs> become a beat. I, I feel like I I never signed up for the Chelsea Clinton beat, but I feel like I'm publishing stories about her at least once a week. And she goes to these places and gives these lectures and must not hear the words coming out of her own mouth because they are so off the mark that it's unbelievable. Yesterday or Monday, she decided to call all Republicans, basically all Republicans or anyone who disagreed with her, racist, sexist, homophobic, jingoistic, bigoted and Islamophobic. So if you do not agree with Chelsea Clinton, you should just put those on your business card. That's pretty much I'm going to need a bigger business card. That's pretty much <laughs> pretty much everything you can insult someone. And are you still seeing the push to make Chelsea Clinton, uh, I guess, uh, a viable candidate going forward? She they're trying very hard to make her a thing. Everybody wants Chelsea Clinton to be a thing. And she just can't quite live up to that expectation. She's obviously the next generation of the Clintons, and the Clintons cannot be out of power for very long. They have an obsession with power. So the idea that they wouldn't be able to force their only daughter into political life is is just, it makes them short circuit. So we're going to be seeing Chelsea Clinton over and over and over again, I'm sure, for the next several months. Well, as much as I, I agree with you that we're going to be seeing Chelsea Clinton over and over again for the next few months, and it's going to give you and your Heat Street unofficial Chelsea Clinton beat more more product <laughs> to churn out, I think we need to investigate something that maybe we'll call it, um, can we call it the Kennedy factor? Is it Does, does the political acumen skip a generation? Um <laughs> It, it seems like it may have with the Kennedys and perhaps perhaps it's a Democratic thing, because with the with the GOP, the Bushes went father yeah, the to Bushes son seem to go one, two, three, four. Yeah. Yeah. But um, the, but the Democrats, it seems to skip a generation. And I'm just wondering, maybe we're on to something there. Maybe Chelsea's baby is is the next political Clinton. <laughs> President Charlotte, what, 20, like 60 or something. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, fo following up on uh, President Malia, <laughs> we'll, we'll see. We'll see. It's kind of kooky. Well, Emily Zanotti of Heat Street, I, I thought I knew everything about you, knowing now that you worked at the Vatican. It just makes your 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 legend grow even larger. And it's I'm going to have uh, to post some pictures, maybe on Twitter, of, of my time there. Um, one of my favorites is that I had a storage room right off the. St. Peter's Square that had 
all these plastic chairs and things stacked up in it, but it was also the resting place of a pope because there is nowhere in the Vatican that is not a resting place with a pope. So I'll have to post some of these pictures for you guys. You are so right. There are, as a matter of fact, <laughs> Beck and I even wrote a little song called Pope Bones in the Basement because everywhere you go, <laughs> there are pope bones. Somebody's got a bone of a pope, if not the whole yeah. body in the basement. Oh, that's so wonderful. Well, I and like the chair storage center also is, is home to a pope. <laughs> yeah. Would somebody get the extra folding chairs for the Zanotti affair and just move just move Pope Innocent the, to the side and get the chairs out here? <laughs> yeah, it's just fantastic. move up a little bit. It's fine. Wonderful stuff. Thank you, Emily Zanotti. I hope we get to see you again soon. No problem. Thank you. There she goes. Emily Zanotti at Heat Street. Check her out, heatstreet.com. She is on Twitter and one of my favorite people, a constitutional lawyer that we learned last week and now worked at the Vatican and uh, her storage locker had Pope bones in it, of course. Why not? We'll be right back. You're listening to Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. Are you worried about your mom or dad living alone in their house? Hi, I'm Joan London. Listen, I know how difficult it is to find senior care for someone you love. That's why I recommend a free service called A Place for Mom. They are the nation's largest senior living referral service. Call A Place for Mom today. To receive free information on senior living communities in your area, call A Place for Mom at 1-800-803-6951. You're listening to Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. We still have a lot more to get to today. We will be discussing some of the weird stories of the week. Our friend Angie Austin is joining us. She just sent me a list of a couple of the uh, weird stories of the week. It's really, uh, really a a weird week already, and it's only Wednesday. And, uh, of course, we have to remind you. If, if you're like me and you have aches and pains, or at least in my case, had aches and pains, you need to check out Relief Factor. I've used Relief Factor now in my 10th week. I'm in my ninth week of not needing any kind of uh, over-the-counter help or prescription help for pain. I had chronic pain in my knees, chronic pain in my hips and my back. And it's mostly because I'm in my late 50s and I ran a lot of marathons. I ran training every day. And I wore out some of, the, some of the parts in my knees. I don't want to replace them. I want to get on with my life. But relief factors changed everything. It's removed the inflammation. And it's all natural. I take a packet at lunch, a packet at lunch, a dinner, a packet at breakfast, breakfast, lunch, and dinner, relief factor, And guess what? The inflammation is gone, so the pain is gone. And I'm doing things that I used to shudder at doing before. I used to just be in pain walking around the garden. No more. I can actually do more gardening, which is good news from my wife's point of view, bad news for me, but no pain. And that's, you can't even put a price on that. 
But the three-week quick start pack is $19.95. Call them. 800-500-8384. 800-500-8384. It's called Relief Factor. Ask them questions. It's all natural. It worked for me. It should work for you, too. Don't wait. Check out relieffactor.com or call them. 800-500-8384. I wanted to get into the president's budget. But if everybody says that the president's budget and the White House budget is dead on arrival, what's the point? Seriously, if if the network television anchors and all these panels of experts believe that the president's budget is dead on arrival, John McCain says it's dead on arrival. Well, he's in the same party as the president. He says it's dead on arrival. Do you think you're going to get any help from Democrats? No. The Democrats are calling it a death budget. The Democrats are saying that this budget will kill people. Of course. So I I wonder why even turn it in. And if you look inside it, there are some sneaky things in there, like this gigantic infrastructure stimulus program that apparently was put in there. But if McCain says it's dead on arrival, Mitch McConnell says it's dead on arrival, Lindsey Graham says the budget will create more Benghazis, what are we doing? Seriously, what, what, what in the hell are we doing, Mr. President? Mr. Mulvaney? Mick Mulvaney's up there defending this. And we should, we'll dive into a little bit of the comments about it. But I just wonder, what is the point in spending the time going back and forth if, if your own party has told you this thing ain't working? This is, again, you want, you want a better example of the swamp that needs to be drained? Well, they're not even, your own party is not even alongside you on this. So the budget appears to be dead on arrival. Let's not waste any time. Let's just get right to it and rewrite a new one. There's more. Al Franken's pissed me off. What a shock. And Debbie What's-Her-Name Schultz. Maybe she should be investigated. I'll share you that story next. You're listening to Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka. On the Blaze Radio Network. Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. Welcome back to Pure Opelka. I'll get to the Debbie What's-Her-Name Schultz story in just a minute. And, of course, the story of why, 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 why I believe Al Franken is just a stinky human being. I wanted to call him a turd in a suit, but I don't think that would be uh, appropriate. It would be rude and probably accurate. I don't want to stoop to his level. So I won't call Al Franken a turd in a suit. Um, But um, there's news breaking out of England. Apparently, the father and brother of the Manchester bomber arrested in the Libyan capital of Tripoli by the counterterrorism force, the father and brother, 
of the bomber arrested in Tripoli by a counterterrorism force. Apparently, we also understand that they believed that they were planning a terrorist attack in Tripoli as well. Another act. So whether or not that's the, the reason the terror alert was raised in London, we don't know. We're not sure yet. So we're still, we're still following this. I, I don't think the Brits fully know. I think they're probably trying to go through the treasure trove of evidence that they took out of the apartments they've broken into. And meanwhile, they have 1,000 troops in high-profile areas across the country as as they're worried about the threats so it's it's nerve-wracking yes and the british are also saying that they wanted to keep the identity of the bomber quiet for a little while longer but that the united states leaked it out did we did we really if we did shame on us because the brits have a tendency to to keep things quiet so they, they can. They can continue the investigation. Just before the break, I was talking about uh, the fact that John McCain and, and Lindsey Graham and uh, Mitch McConnell had said that the White House budget was dead on arrival. Those weren't my words about the budget. Those were the words about the budget spoken by the leader of the Senate, and two very prominent senators. So for those of you who are are pointing at me going, hey, why are you critiquing the budget? I'm not. I'm telling you what the people who are charged with pushing it through are saying. And if you bring a budget to your leadership in the Senate and they say, no, this stinks on ice, guess what? It's not going to work. You, you guys don't get it. The health care bill all over again. That failure of the first round with the health care bill damaged the White House. He took a hit to his popularity and it emboldened the Democrats. So why bring things to the Senate in the form of a budget that's only going to get laughed at and called dead on arrival? Why? Why do that? That doesn't make any sense. Doesn't make any sense at all. So, all right, step away, Mike. Step away from the anger. And let's get mad about Debbie, what's her name, Schultz. The former DNC chair who left the head of the DNC in shame in the middle of the convention last year is um, apparently... Apparently not the nice lady she wants us to think she is. I don't know if you remember that breakfast that we covered at the Blaze. The video is still up on the Blaze. Where, where Debbie Wasserman Schultz was just about booed off the podium at her own breakfast. It was the Florida State meeting of the delegates at the Democratic National Committee in Philadelphia. And I happened to be there because I wanted to see what was going to happen. The word had gotten out that uh, Bernie Sanders basically got screwed completely by his own party, that the, the party had given the, the questions for the debate between Bernie and Hillary to Hillary. She had gotten her hands on the questions. 
They'd already stacked the deck in terms of superdelegates. And now Bernie, Bernie was totally being just cut out by his own party. And so she was drummed out of a gig that Donna Brazil then got. And then turns out Donna Brazil's the one who handed the questions to, uh, to Hillary before the debate forwarded them. And then Donna Brazil was out and, and the Democrats have ended up with the weakest leader of a, of a DNC that I can remember in my lifetime. But Wasserman Schultz was reelected, still remains in Congress and apparently thinks she still has all of the power she had as as the leader of the DNC. She's used her position on a committee that sets the um, the budget for the U.S. Capitol Police. She's used her power in a position to to force the chief to relinquish some evidence, something that could be considered using her authority in an attempt to interfere with a criminal investigation. Oh, I don't know. Do we call that obstruction of justice? Is, is that what you might call it? You know, like the Democrats have lost their minds saying that the president was obstructing justice when he allegedly, reportedly, asked Jim Comey to go easy on Mike Flynn? Well, this is the case where Debbie Wasserman Schultz said at this committee meeting, at this budget hearing, quote, my understanding is the Capitol Police is not able to confiscate members' equipment when the member is not under investigation. The police chief re- responded, we can't return the equipment. And Wasserman Schultz said, I think you're violating the rules when you conduct your business that way, and you should expect that there will be consequences. So when the person who makes your budget, the person who decides how much money your Capitol Police force gets, is told you should expect that there will be consequences, what are you supposed to think? It's a little mafioso-like approach. Why? Why? This is all about a federal employee and a laptop computer that uh, caused a certain employee to be booted because uh, they were building, this person allegedly was, was breaking the law. They're building a criminal case against this Pakistani staff member suspected of a massive, yeah, massive cybersecurity breach that involved sensitive congressional data and moving it off of the internal site to an off-site location. Wasserman Schultz didn't like it that this employee was, was being investigated. This is, a, this is a very dangerous situation, isn't it? And yet, she, she is telling the Capitol Police that the evidence, the laptop here, belongs to her and can't be seized by the Capitol Police unless they tell her personally, as opposed to that she personally is being investigated, not the staffer. Wasserman Schultz was uh, approached about it and asked if they could talk about it. No, no, you may not. No, you may not. So Debbie Wasserman Schultz, 
could be the victim of the information that was taken, allegedly taken out and funneled somewhere else. So why is she defending the guy? Why is she protecting this guy? Why is she, why is she trying to get him unbanned? And he's been banned, but she's given him a new title as an advisor instead of a technology administrator. She apparently has a friendly relationship with, with this guy and his wife. Do you, you know what this sounds like? This sounds just completely like the same situation we have with the relationship between Huma Abedin, Hillary Clinton, and Anthony Weiner. That it doesn't matter what these people are doing. If you happen to like one person in the relationship, you're going to do whatever you can to keep the other person out of trouble. And in this case, it sure sounds like Wasserman Schultz threatened the police chief's budget in the annual budget hearing by saying there will be consequences. You should expect that there will be consequences. When are people going to bring these kinds of actions up in front of a congressional committee? When are people going to put Wasserman Schultz on the stand and make her address her abuses of power? How many more times is she going to get another pass? Remember when she left the chairmanship of the DNC, she was supposed to get a key position in the Hillary Clinton campaign. Or was that just the deal to get her out? This is part of the swamp that needs to be drained, too. But the voters have to do it. I just don't know if South Florida is ready to do it. Unless the GOP House has the courage to stand up and bring Washington Schultz up and ask her what the hell she meant, she'll just be allowed to continue. It needs to stop, and it needs to stop now. When we get back, another person who needs to stop a guy that once made his bones on Saturday Night Live and now is uh, a senator. Just one of the most irritating people in the Senate. We'll get into Mr. Franken and what he's doing lately that I find so offensive. That's next on Pure Opelka. You're listening to Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. Your Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. Every now and then I'll pay attention to the commercials. And this morning early, I was driving out to uh, to pick up some. Uh, let's be honest. I was driving out to check and see if I won $250 million in the lottery and needed to skip work today. That didn't happen. So I'm here. But I was listening to a commercial on the radio. And there was a, one of those lawyer commercials that says, if you have ever used Roundup and you've noticed that your toes are falling off, you need to call us. And I'm like, wait a minute, what? What? Now I have to worry about Roundup? I'm sorry, but some of us need that kind of stuff to kill weeds. God help us if that's really as bad as this commercial said. Uh, you know, I do wear gloves. So I, I'm just... I need to know, has anyone else seen this or heard this? Maybe it's just one of those 
panicked commercials. I, I've not heard this until today, but it's, I think it's a Delaware commercial. Uh, speaking of things that irritate me, you know who it is. It's Al Franken. And I, I don't really care about Al Franken, but my very first and only in-person experience with Al Franken could not have been uh, less pleasing. I ran into Al Franken on the streets of New York, and I had, um, I had been interested in trying to book him on a radio show because he just had put out a book. And he couldn't have been more rude if he tried. So that's my experience with Al Franken. And then watching him in hearings in the Senate, I tend to think that's probably who Al Franken is, is a rude guy that thinks he's smarter than everybody else. And so Al Franken has just put out a new book called Al Franken, Giant of the Senate. Giant of the Senate. But I Hate Ted Cruz is one of the, one of the titles of the chapter in the book. So let's hear what Al Franken has to say about this. I, you know, you can disagree with another senator. I thought there used to be a little bit of protocol and respect him. But he was being interviewed by the USA Today and spoke with uh, the reporter. You write about several Republican senators with whom you build real relationships, including yeah. some very conservative ones. But you do seem to hate Ted Cruz. Well, you have to understand that I probably like Ted Cruz more than most other uh, of my colleagues uh, like Ted Cruz. But I hate Ted Cruz. But it, and it's I, I write about it, and <clears throat> I think it's fair. <laughs> and uh, I think it's fair to say you hate somebody you work with. I think it's fair to say you hate a person. A little extreme. A little extreme. You know, you can have problems with them. He he and Ted apparently think the other broke protocol. He's still mad that Ted called Mitch McConnell a liar on the Senate floor. Isn't that between Ted Cruz and Mitch McConnell? Seriously, this, this is why I can't stand Al Franken. He refers to himself in the interview that's on The Blaze right now. Trey Goins Phillips put it out uh, just about an hour ago, maybe an hour and a half ago. In this interview, he refers to himself as if he... Uh, has the ability to play 3D chess and marvel other people with his thinking. Minnesota, what are you doing? Seriously, Minnesota, I know so many great people from Minnesota, so many great conservatives from Minnesota. How does this guy keep getting elected? And is this really the best? When we come back, I, I want to go back down to Louisiana and talk to a guy who's a state senator in Louisiana we've talked to before. You might remember him. Uh, we're going to talk about making the tent bigger for the GOP. Yes, we're going to talk about black GOP voters next on Pure Opelka. Pure Opelka with Michael Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. The Blaze Radio Network. On demand. 
This is Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka. Only on the Blaze Radio Network. Welcome back to Pure Opelka, third hour of the show. And man, things are moving and grooving as we are watching the Any Moment screen. I attended Sharpton's annual convention for the National Action Network. And I saw Hillary Clinton speak. And she received a less than warm welcome. It was not really enthusiastic, despite the fact that he introduced her and basically basically gave her a pretty good push. So when we look at the last election, I know much has been said in the Republican Party about expanding the tent and trying to bring more black voters into the Republican Party. And as I'm reading the Sharpton story and watching the video with Sharpton, I get a letter from uh, an email from a guy who's been on the show in the past, Senator Albert Guillory of Louisiana, uh, a gentleman from Louisiana, obviously, Opelousas, Louisiana, who is a Republican who happens to be a black man and wanting to talk about the outreach uh, from the Republican Party to the black community. And if you don't remember Senator Albert Guillory, uh, years ago, probably almost four years ago, we introduced you to the senator with uh, a, a video that I'll give you just a snippet of. You see, in recent history, the Democrat Party has created the illusion that their agenda and their policies are what's best for black people. Somehow it's been forgotten that the Republican Party was founded in 1854 as an abolitionist movement with one simple creed, that slavery is a violation of the rights of man. The senator is one of the great voices, I think, that can help bring conservative black voters into the tent of the party. And I'm glad he's here today. Welcome back, sir. How are you? I'm doing very well. It's great to hear your voice, brother. How are you today? Uh, well, I'm I'm happy you're here because I, I it was really fortuitous. I read that story yesterday and I was looking at the Sharpton thing and I thought, I wonder if the GOP on a grand scale is looking at broadening the tent. And in broadening the tent, I think you have to look at the, the way the Democrats are pushing Latino voters to come over to their side in, in droves and, and wondering if if we're doing enough to... Uh, make the mosaic of the GOP a little broader with more colors in it. And and you're involved in that, aren't you, sir? Very much so. On the front lines of, of it, actually. Well, what can be done, Senator? What what are you doing? Well, for the first time, you know, we, we, we've been talking about this uh, bigger tent, uh, more inclusive um, party, and it's been talked about at the state levels and at the federal level. Louisiana is, for the first time in the history of the United States, we are seriously working in a in, a, in an organized manner to to in, to make that inclusion. We are doing radio spots in minority uh, radio markets. We're doing television. Uh, we have a TV program, uh, we weekly program called the Elephant in the Room, and it uh, it has everything from politics to humor in it, but it is designed to reach 
all markets in Louisiana and to not leave out the minority market. Uh, social media, we are hitting it very hard and in a very organized fashion so that we can deliver the message to people who have not been traditional Republicans about our values, what we believe, what we stand for. The bottom line is that government should represent all of the people, and we have to make sure that that happens. Well, we're, we're talking to Senator Albert Guillory, state senator in Louisiana, who is trying to bring a more diverse group of voters to the GOP in his state. And Senator, your state, for all of that effort, and I guess that effort is pretty much recent, uh, Bobby Jindal, a Republican, was term limited out of his job. And uh, I believe you do have a you do have a Democratic uh, governor at this point, do you not? Yes, we have. And and what's the plan to bring a, a, a strong conservative candidate to the governor's mansion? Is there a candidate? Is there somebody being groomed? Yes, we have two or three really good candidates. Uh, we have a lieutenant governor who would make an excellent uh, an excellent candidate. We have an attorney general uh, who would make an excellent candidate, and a lot of people. Uh, we, the, the head of our uh, our Louisiana GOP, uh, Roger Villery, has done a, a really good job where he has been, and so a lot of people are talking about him. He's uh, he's not run for political office before, but is is well connected and should be well financed, and and has shown himself to be a leader of of all of the people of Louisiana. So we have some, some, some pretty good ones. The only reason that this governor, this Democrat, won is because we knocked ourselves off. It was such a, a bloodbath between the Republicans, the three Republicans at the, the top of that uh, race, that when only one was left standing, the others did not come anywhere near him. As a matter of fact, they endorsed his opponent. They endorsed the, the, the two top Republicans, endorsed the Democrat because of the nasty politics. We, we're not, we're not going to let that happen again. Well, you, you, bring up a, you bring up a really interesting point here, Senator. And when we talk about the GOP, I so often get frustrated because the party seems to shoot itself in the foot. In the case of you're just talking about the election of a governor in the state of Louisiana, you have a primary battle between three GOP candidates. It gets so ugly that the two losers end up supporting John Bell Edwards, the Democrat, and he gets elected. And now you do have a, a conservative Republican lieutenant governor, but you still have to wait again to try and put the party back together. I feel like we spend so much time putting ourselves back together that the Democrats are busy campaigning and we're behind behind the schedule again. We're we're lagging. And this is where I see the need to to, I guess, look outside. You mentioned one candidate possibly who's not a typical candidate. And I think the president, Donald Trump, being an outsider and looking at what happened in France, I think this might be the era of outsiders. And so, you know, if we can look at 
are there any are there any black Republicans who might be in line for higher office in in the state? Even yourself, sir. I know I know you're happy where you are as a senator, but do you have aspirations higher? Well, I've left the Senate, and I'm prim- primarily working on this minority outreach business. We have to get the party in shape for eighteen and for twenty, and that's my that's my primary goal right now. Well, Although it, it there sounds are some other. <laughs> yes, there are there are a couple of other guys who who may have an interest in in higher uh, higher office. We are going to to be able to field across the state a number of qualified black Republicans for uh, office at the, the local levels, the, the county levels, and also um, state representatives and, and senators. His name is Albert Guillory. He uh, he likes to uh, use the line "telling the real truth," and I, I think you make a compelling case for for people on on both sides of the aisle to consider conservative positions. And you did it. You made a, a switch from Democratic Party to Republican years ago, and now you're trying to bring other folks uh, from from the African American community into the GOP. I salute you for it. I think the GOP needs to be more diverse if it is going to continue growing and uh, keep keep the role we've had for the last eight years in terms of state house seats. Uh, so I, I appreciate your efforts locally, and I hope they will uh, reap rewards going forward. If we want to keep up with you, where do we find you, sir? com. ElbertGillery.com, and that's G-U-I-L-L-O-R-Y. I I really solicit ideas. We're fighting a war, and so uh, help us us fight this war. Let us know what your your ideas are. We we can use fresh blood. Well, I, I agree with you. The more the more new faces we get in the party, the stronger the party will ultimately be. Thank you, Senator. Appreciate your help and appreciate the work you're doing on behalf of conservatism. Have a great day. My God bless you and your work. Thank you. Thank you. When we get back, uh, you know what? Uh, we do have an update from the news, and I also need to share something with you. Have you met Surfer Trump? Do you know about Surfer Trump? Well, you'll meet Surfer Trump next on Pure Opelka. You're listening to Pure Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. Are you worried about your mom or dad living alone in their house? Hi, I'm Joan London. Listen, I know how difficult it is to find senior care for someone you love. That's why I recommend a free service called A Place for Mom. They are the nation's largest senior living referral service. Call A Place for Mom today. To receive free information on senior living communities in your area, call A Place for Mom at 1-800-803-6951. Yeah, I'll get to the cultural appropriation story uh, from the burrito shop 
in a little bit. It's, it's irritating me, and I, I don't want to spin out too much. But I also promised you uh, surfer Donald Trump, right? I don't know if you've seen this. It showed up on the Internet recently, and it's a surfer dude. And I accent the word dude. Totally, totally doing his Trump voice. I've had a lot of people asking me about my wave I caught the other day. It was a very good wave. I started it off with a very long, drawn-out bottom turn. Nobody draws out their bottom turns more than I do. I hit the lip very hard, very, very hard how I hit the lip. The fins came out. The fins always come out when I hit the lip. I don't know why. Probably because I rip. I went into a very nice barrel, very big, scary, hollow barrel, but I wasn't scared. I'm never scared when I'm surfing. And I came out. People doubted me. They didn't think I was going to make it out, but I did. That's uh, Surfer Trump. If you haven't seen him, I think all you need to do is uh, search for Magic Weed or Magic Seaweed Surf, and then the Donald Trump surfer dude will show up. He sounds a little more like Alec Baldwin doing the Donald Trump slash stone surfer dude guy. But, you know, we need a little bit of laughter on days like today when we're seeing all the insanity running around. <sighs> Portland, what are you doing? I have friends in the, uh, in the chef business, in the food business. As a matter of fact, Friday, Friday we have a special appearance. Uh, if you're planning on your barbecuing, for the weekend, if you're if you're going to do some barbecuing and you want tips from a real life chef, uh, the Mad Cuban who was on the show with us Saturday has said he's going to come on Friday and give us his best barbecuing tips. He he was in Memphis last weekend for this huge pitmaster convention, guys cooking outside with charcoal and wood and uh, not with propane. And he has great ideas and for people like you and I who are just normal folks. And one of the things that I know that chefs do, chefs share their, their secrets. Chefs share their information. So when I read this story about the Portland burrito shop that was forced to close because it got hounded for cultural appropriation. Hounded. There was a, uh, a pop-up burrito shop called uh, Kook's Burritos. And th these, these folks just wanted to make great burritos. So they did what many chefs do. They went on a, a sort of a food safari. You travel to the place where the food is made the best. And you learn about the food. And then you bring those ideas back to where you live. And you apply them. Well... These folks said that they picked the brains of the, every tortilla lady they could find using their bad, broken Spanish, and these people showed them what they did. And I've seen this happen with other chefs. I have a friend who went on a sauce safari to Asia. He traveled for two weeks all across Asia learning how they make their sauces and then brought those back to his New York City restaurant. And he was very successful. Nobody forced him to close down for cultural appropriation. But when the, the people from uh, Kook's Burritos revealed what they had done, people lost their minds. They, they, they are calling them thieves, basically.
telling them that what they did boldly and unapologetically was steal from these women's livelihoods. Never mind that these women live in in a, a whole other country and they're not in Portland. They're making the the angry letters read in the viewer's comments section of when their story was told, you can make the exact same product so other white people don't have to be inconvenienced by dealing with pesky brown middle women getting in their way. Are you kidding me? So now their Yelp site was flooded with one-star reviews from from the shaming police, the people who use terms like white mediocrity and comparing them to colonial, uh, colonial captors. So now, after this controversy started, apparently a, a list of other white-owned businesses that appropriated their culture started showing up online. Are you guys kidding me? So the only one who can cook Asian food has to be an Asian person. The only one who's going to be able to make foods with certain ethnic histories are the person who who come from those ethnic heritages. White ladies spent the time to study how to make a good burrito. They brought it back to their home. And now they're being called cultural appropriators and have been forced out of business. This is really, really the height of stupidity. And, and I just, I, I can't believe, I, I wonder if they have any recourse. I, I would open up under a different name and just not tell anybody. I don't know why, why they're, they bent to the, the will of the, the screaming crowd unless they came at them with pitchforks and torches but this is this is our new either follow what we demand you do or you're out of business. This is the new progressive mindset. Portland. Yeah, you're not getting any of my vacation dollars, Portland. Cultural appropriation indeed. It's the worst. All right, I gotta take a break. When we get back, uh, our buddy Angie is gonna join us with some of the stupid news. News that should make us laugh, hopefully. Not get me all angry like this. Now I want a burrito, too. I'll be right back. You're listening to Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. Opelka with Welcome back to Pure Opelka. We'll get to Angie Austin here in just a second. I got to do a little, a little bit of, uh, I guess we call this journalism for, for some of the people who jumped on the report that Donald Trump revealed the location of two nuclear subs in a phone call with the Philippines president. Reuters posted that Trump tells Duterte of two U.S. nuclear subs in Korean waters. 
Well, <clears throat> the Pentagon said we never talk about subs. Three defense officials told BuzzFeed they never talk about subs. Um, the Navy apparently had already revealed the USS Michigan was at Busan, and the Vincent Strike Group has its own. So not really Trump. The Navy had publicly announced the presence of the two subs in the area already. So everybody can stand down there, freak out. So let's, let's just all make sure before we leap into the air with our hair on fire that, uh, that we take a minute and try and make sure that we're not going to be proven to be idiots later. There's enough dummies in the news. And the person who seems to find the stories of the dummies in the news is the person I rely on at least once a week to bring me in off the ledge. The ledge where I'm leaning over about to scream and go, you dummies. And here she comes uh, from Daybreak USA, my friend, Angie Austin. Hello, Angie. Hello, friend. Welcome. It's, uh, it's Wednesday oh. and I, I'm out on the ledge. Uh, you know, I'm mad at the people of Portland who forced a, a burrito company out of business because they culturally appropriated good recipes from another country. You know, that's that's got me going. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm out on the ledge because the uh, Health and Human Services Department just put out a map showing all of the Obamacare premium increases since 2013. What state are you in? Denver, Colorado, right? Colorado, yeah. Yeah, I think yours was 107%. How does that make you feel? I just know it was close to two grand for my family a month. And I'm like, are you kidding me? How much money do you have to make just to buy insurance? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The average, uh, isn't that a funny line? How much money do you have to make just to buy the insurance that we were told was going to save us all? The average annual premium increase since the mandates went into effect, the average annual increase is $2,928. Annual. Annual increase since the mandates went into effect. I'll do yen. I mean, you got to make like for our family, like what, 36 grand or something just to buy the insurance. And then, you know, you go from there. I mean, that's no wonder people, you know, we're having a hard time buying it. My, you know, my producer, he's very open about the fact that he paid the penalty. He has four kids. He's a single father. He paid the penalty because he couldn't afford the insurance. And, and people don't see the insanity of it. And no one is reporting this story. This came out today. The Speaker's office put this out. It is from HHS. It shows every state and what your rate was and how the how high the increase was. And people should be outraged. Our little state of Delaware, 108 percent increase. Uh, Oklahoma, 201 percent increase. It, it just goes on and on and on. And the the states, the super blue states that are part of that um, that uh, health gov system. The, the blue states that have the state-based exchanges, they, their averages, are, I think, are 105% in each one of those. So it, it, nobody gets it that it's not just about Obama and getting rid of Obama's legacy. It's about fixing a problem that was created by Obamacare and needs to be, needs to be cut out like a, like a bad cancer. So here I am out on the ledge, uh, angry about all these things. What wild stories have you found that are going to bring me in? 
Well, the, uh, the python story I find extremely interesting. The guy went for a walk in Florida with his dog, and uh, a python took him by surprise in his garage. And they bite, you know. I know they squeeze you to death, but they bite. And uh, there's a real problem with those in the Everglades. I was down there recently, and, you know, people have them as pets, and then they get gigantic, and you don't want a 14-foot python, like, in your kid's aquarium or whatever in your, you know, in the bedroom. So they dump them in the Everglades, and they've just taken over. They have hunters now that go down there. So this guy, uh, living in Florida, uh, comes across when he's wrestling it in his garage after it bit him. Uh, and again, not venomous, but they have quite a ferocious, ferocious little bite. And uh, they came and, you know, got him. I don't know what they did with him. I think they probably took him. You know, the farm where the dogs used to go when you were a kid. I think that's where he oh, yeah. went. Yeah, yeah, the, that farm. That's, you know, that's where they take all the, the dogs that, that mommy and daddy don't want anymore. They say, we took that dog to a farm, which I, you know, that's, people are going to tell me this is cruel. But, you know, if you have pythons and you have dogs, then it's kind of the circle of life, isn't it? Right there, maybe. Right happening. there. Well, you know, uh, but you know what we've, who, we've done? Mike, we've, um, we have fish for our little kids, and I don't yeah. know, they get real attached to them. So once my husband actually, he was cleaning the fish tank, and let's just say that one took a swim, and it, it did not come back up in the toilet. It was He was just dumping the water, right? So I'm like, oh, my gosh, the kids are going to freak. So I, like, distract them, right? Well, he runs to, like, Pets R Us or whatever it is. He brings a new one home, and it's different colored. So I was like, well, you know, they change, like, the seasons. You know, in the fall, how they change colors? Well, that princess changed colors. But, yeah, it's a change of seasons. Did they buy it? They were pretty little. They did it. I just didn't want to break their hearts yet. I can save that till they're teens. I remember there was a time when we were kids, and uh, we all had turtles. You know, everybody had a turtle because a turtle was a lot easier to take care of than a fish. And yeah. uh, we had turtles. And, and my Aunt Alice called my mom and said, you got to get rid of those turtles. The turtles, they're carrying like trichinosis or something. No. You can't have the turtles. So I remember my mom saying that we got to get rid of the turtles. And she put on some some gloves some gloves that used when you're washing the dishes, the Playtex gloves, grabs yeah. the turtle and flushes it down the toilet. I remember being horrified. Yeah, in front of us. And I remember sitting by that toilet for a good three hours, hoping that turtle would swim back up. It never happened. But my mother said it was for the good of us because we didn't want the trichinosis. Mm -hmm. and she couldn't have so, like, you know, dropped it off down the street at the park or something. Well, you know, with Chicago, we did have lakes and rivers all over the place. It's not like we were without water in the area, but no, it was convenient. So we had a we had a burial at sea, so to speak, but the toilet. But there it is. So what what else is that? Florida? Of course, Florida is a crazy story. What else is happening? OK, another one that caught my eye because it happened. Something similar and weird happened in my neck of the woods at Chuck E. Cheese. And I don't know if you've been there uh, in a while, but they have birthday parties there. They have that giant rat in that rat costume or mouse or whatever he is. He's very scary. And that's then Chucky. Like, yeah, that's Chucky. Yeah. It's not a rat. It's Chucky. It's a mouse, right? Is it a mouse? Yes, of course. Okay, the mouse, the, the rat is what they take to the non-union construction sites in New York, and they put up like the giant rat where people are being scabs or whatever. That's right. Okay. So in my neck of the woods, there was some kind of a fight once over a salad bar, like the guy hadn't paid or he had paid or he, somebody was sharing it. I don't know, but it, it, it got ugly. So this caught my eye. Nothing says happy birthday like shots fired outside Chuck E. Cheese. 
So the guy's there for his kid's birthday, and one of the dads who's there, too, like with his kid, they get into some kind of argument. His name is Jovan Chamberlain. He's 25. This is in Fairview Heights, Illinois. And after the, uh, you know, the little discussion, he goes out to his car, and he fires a couple of shots in the air just to kind of like, and I'm leaving, boom, boom, boom. So he's under arrest, and nothing apparently says uh, happy birthday to your five-year-old, like shots fired in the air from your pickup truck in the parking lot of Chuck E. Cheese. Where, what, what part of the country was this Chuck E. Cheese fight? Fairview Heights, Illinois. Oh, see, because I was thinking you were going back to Florida. The, the Chuck E. Cheese fights seem to come the minute we start actually getting into warm weather and kids start having birthday parties. And I've just, I've never heard the shots fired. There's always been a lot of fighting, though, at Chuck E. Cheese, mostly because you get a lot of sugared up kids and dancing animated animals. They're, you know, robotic animals, and they have the little band up there. Have you, you've never been to a Chuck E. Cheese, have you? Oh, I have. Oh, yeah, I take the kids. I mean, they love it. So I, I, when I told you that there was a, something that went down at Chuck E. Cheese in Aurora, which is outside of Denver, it was a shooting. Ooh. Yeah, so anyway, apparently it's, it's not the safest place to go. But, you know, they do, like, stamp your kids with a stamp. So then when you leave, you, you can't leave without them checking your stamp. They have to have, like, a matching stamp. Oh, so the kids don't get separated from the parents. Well, yeah, so they don't, well, they don't get abducted and you find them in a trunk of a car, you know, six miles away. Some of these places aren't safe. Well, that's true. That's a good point. You have one more quickie? Oh, sure. Let's do, um, you know. Because if not, I have, a, I have a really good feel-good story, but you need to tell me one more crazy story. Okay, I'll just make it quick. When you get a divorce, it's not a good idea to break into your husband's home and do three ex-husband's home and do $350,000 in damage. So apparently um, Anna Rockman, uh, the, the home that was burglarized and messed up, it just happened to be her ex's. three hundred and fifty grand in damage. So anyway, she's in the Huskow. She did $350,000 of damage inside a house? Mm-hmm. Artwork, what? antiques, personal property. Ooh. I want, has she already been divorced from the guy? Is this going to weigh in on the actual settlement, the final settlement? I, I think they're divorced because it, it looks like it went down in 2015, and then they didn't know immediately. It sounds like they weren't sure. Like she, she, it, it recently, she, she was nabbed for it because it's, you know, it's a recent story. It just came out yesterday. And so, hmm. it, but it went down in 2015. I don't know how, why it took so long for them to nab her, but they finally figured out it was her. You know, those bad guys, they always tell somebody. They're like, you know, don't tell anyone, but I went into my ex-husband's place and did hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of damage. It's hard to keep right. a story like that quiet because eventually you want, you're proud of it, especially when you think you got away from it. Let me give you one good news story, Angie. Angie Austin from Daybreak USA. Um, Please. Th- this one you're going to take with you. This is the service dog who got his own photo in the high school yearbook. This is, this is a Virginia high school where this one kid has type 1 diabetes, and he has a service dog who goes with him everywhere. The dog mm-hmm. can smell 20 to 40 minutes before he's going to have an attack, whether low or high sugar, because he has an amazing sense of smell. So Alpha, his dog, goes with him everywhere, And when it came time to take the yearbook pictures, the kid said, can Alpha get his picture with me? And they said, no, we're going to give him his own picture. So when the yearbook comes out, there's a picture of Andrew Schalk, but right next to his picture 
is Alpha, and they even gave Alpha his own high school ID. It's the cutest story. I'll send you a link to it. I'll I'll post it on, on the Twitter. But Angie Austin, thank you for bringing me in off the ledge once again with some of the weirdest stories of the day. I appreciate you, my friend. Thank you, friend. Have a good day. We'll be right back to wrap up today and update any of the breaking news on Pure Opelka. Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. You're listening to Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka. Part of the next generation of talk radio on the Blaze Radio Network. I'm feeling good today. I'm feeling really good as we wrap up the show. And one of the big reasons has got to be all natural relief factor. I want to remind you before I get out of here, if you haven't jumped in and gotten the quick start pack from Relief Factor, it's 1995. What the heck are you waiting for? Relief Factor. I stopped taking what I had been taking for years. And that was pretty much a handful of those over-the-counter green gel pills that reduce pain and inflammation. Well, since I started taking Relief Factor 10 weeks ago, I haven't taken any over-the-counter or prescription meds. I'm doing more. I'm, I'm not in pain. My knees, my back... My, my hips that used to bother me from years of running no longer bother me. It is pretty remarkable. And I do tell people, I, I'm, I'm clearing rooms talking about it, but if one person picks up the phone and calls 800-500-8384, if just one person calls 800-500-8384 and gets the three-week quick start pack for 1995, I will be happy because I know soon, They will be doing what I'm doing and telling people you need to try this. It's Relief Factor. It works, and you'll be thanking me for it. Go to relieffactor.com right now. It's been a busy day. It's been a very busy day. We have watched the president go from Rome to uh, Brussels, a place he called a hellhole, and I imagine he's finding that it's not exactly a hellhole. It's something altogether different. We have seen weird speculation about why Ivanka Trump and Melania Trump were wearing black dresses with veils when they met the Pope, when they didn't wear headscarves during the uh, visit to Saudi Arabia. Emily Zanotti told us why that wasn't happening. It's because you're supposed to wear the veil and the black dress if you're going to have an official visit with the Pope. And that was just the Trumps being uh, what we might call polite and diplomatic. It's a good thing. We also learned there's a tick that can make you not ever want to have a steak again in your life. Thank you, Dr. Jorge. And now I know we need to do everything we can to eliminate the Lone Star tick. I just, I'm going to Texas in a couple of weeks. I don't need to worry about the Lone Star tick stopping me from ever wanting a steak or a burger again. We'll deal with this tomorrow. Plus, uh, our countdown to Memorial Day weekend. Don't forget Friday is barbecue tips with the mad Cuban. So enjoy the day. Be here tomorrow and Friday. Testudo, my friends. Testudo.
This is Pure Pelka with Mike Pelka on the Blaze Radio Network.